Today's scripture comes from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6, verses 19 through 24. Uh, We have ESV Bibles, which are under your seats, and we encourage you to look up the scripture there. Um, And we're going to, I'm going to be reading the scripture in a moment, but we'll give you guys a chance to find it on your own. So again, that's Matthew chapter 16, uh, sorry, 6, verses 19 through 24. And once you found the scripture, uh, if you could please read, uh, excuse me, please stand for the reading of God's word. And I'll be reading the scripture, but at the end, uh, we have a call and response where I say the word of God for the people of God, and we all respond with thanks be to God. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us today. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moss nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. All right. Well, we are continuing our uh, mega sermon series on life. There's a lot to talk about when we talk about life. Uh, Life, period. And uh, today's message is called A Worthwhile Deposit. So in that title, you see the word worthwhile. And so to understand what is worthwhile, I mean, sometimes you got to think about what is meaningless or what is not worthwhile. And so friends, um, you know, probably what I'm going to talk about is not too unfamiliar to you, but have you ever just kind of felt like, man, whatever I just did, whatever that experience was, that was a colossal waste of time. I I hear some people kind of like chuckling a little bit and you know what I mean, right? Man, with the internet, this is just everywhere, right? There's just so many times where I have personally felt like I just wasted my time. And, you know, I, I have been telling people that I, I probably watched more YouTube than I ever cared to in my entire life, you know, in, t- in maybe 10 lifetimes during the pandemic. Um, it's just so addictive. And, you know, I, I, I have to say there's a special class of video that I've discovered somewhat recently that it's just a waste of time. It's just a complete waste of time. And that is Facebook videos. I'm not talking about Facebook videos from your friends, right, of their cat or their kids, right? Those are fine, and those are cute, and those are usually short. But have you ever seen, like, they have, like, a whole, like, video section in Facebook, and um, it is, like, you know, uh, one of the layers of hell, I think. It is just awful. And so what it will usually be is there will be some kind of intriguing premise, and they'll be like, you won't believe my girlfriend's reaction when I confront her about her secret, right? And, and the thing is, like, you're like, oh, well, I have so many questions. What's the secret? What is she going to do? How is he going to do it, right? And so you, maybe you're like me. You start watching it. And a lot of the videos nowadays, um, they do this, 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 like, annoying thing where it's all told by cue cards, you guys know what I'm talking about? And so, like, the girlfriend will be, like, she's, like, at the, the sink, and she's, like, you know, washing dishes or something. And then the boyfriend is just, like, behind her. And he's got these cue cards. And he's, like, 
I am about to confront my girlfriend about her secret. She has no idea I'm about to do this. I'm about to rock her world. You're not going to believe it. You're going to be talking about this for two weeks. But wait. Let me give you a little background. I met my girlfriend when we were 10 years old in Tupelo, Mississippi. And you're like, oh my gosh, like what the heck, right? And you like fast forward, and it's like five minutes in, and he's still flipping the cards. And so that's why she's going to be so shocked when I finally confront her. And the whole thing, it goes like 20 minutes. It's so long, right? And they just drag you along. And I watched this one. It was like a different one where, uh, and by the way, they're fake. They're all fake, right? How do I know they're fake? Well, one is like, if you ever see them actually talk, this is part of the reason why they do the cue cards. They're really bad actors. And so it's like super over the top. But also, seriously, you are behind your girlfriend while she's washing dishes for 20 minutes, flipping cue cards, and she never turns around, right? Like, of course it's fake, right? But there's this one where it was like super fake. But I, 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 didn't, I didn't know about these videos where it was like, uh, I, I guess it was like, um, man is absolutely stunned, when he finally sees his wife's face for the first time. And I'm like, I have so many questions. Why has he never seen her face? And in the video, she's wearing like one of those Hollywood like special effect masks over her wedding dress. I'm like, why is she wearing the mask, right? I'm like, I want to find out. So I started watching. And it's just 20 minutes of them just peeling off the mask. And just, it looks like they're about to, to, to like take it off. And you're like, oh. Oh, wait, oh, i got to do another thing. And it's just like, what in the world? These videos are literally designed to waste your time, right? So I guess, like, I mean, I don't really care to do deep research on it, so maybe you guys can let me know after the sermon why they do this. But apparently, there's some kind of incentive to get people to watch an entire 10, 20-minute video, right? And so that's why they string you along. And that's why they make it look like it's about to be, it's about to go down. It's about to be revealed. And the really sick thing is a lot of times they never actually reveal it because people who are smart enough to fast forward to the end will just not waste their time. But if you don't do that, right? Uh, uh, or maybe if you do fast forward to the end, you're like, oh, maybe I missed it. And you go back and you start watching it. So some of them, they literally have no resolution, right? It's just 20 minutes of time wasting. And, you know, maybe you haven't sat there and watched a video like that, but you can probably relate to the sentiment. And seriously, if you ever want to know if this is a real video or not, just go to the comments. Because all of the comments will be like this, almost exactly the same. They'll be like, well, that's 20 minutes of my life I can never get back. (laughs) Complete waste of time. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever have an experience And you sat there, and you just binged on your phone, just YouTube video after YouTube video after YouTube video. And by the way, there are people, they are smart, and they have designed these things for you to keep watching. Or Instagram. You know, before you know it, you've just been scrolling through cat pictures for two hours, right? And it just started with one thing. I'll just check my Insta real quick. And before you know it, you're like, where did the time go, right? And there are people smarter than me who have designed these things to waste your time. And friends, you know, it it just, I'm not sharing these things uh, to make you feel bad because 
I mean, I'm telling you, like, some of those videos, you're like, Pastor Steve, like, how many of these videos have you watched? Too many, too many, all right? I'm in the same boat with you. There's so many things where I'm like, whoa, are there better ways that I could be spending my time? You know, and that's what we're going to be talking about today and how we can change the way that we think about our lives. Because in many ways, a message like this, it's, it's like, you know, what I call a duh message, right? Like you hear it and you already kind of know the answer, don't you? You already know that it would be better for you to spend time with God. You already know that it would be better for you to spend your life loving other people in the way that Jesus wants you to love them. Spoiler alert, that's a worthwhile life, right? I mean, we've been talking about this all year, but why is it that for so many of us, we get stuck? And maybe we don't realize something about the things that we are doing, you know? And and there is something about the Christian life that we don't naturally go, yeah, that makes sense. That is a much better way to spend my life. And so, we're going to just go to the word of God to see what Jesus himself has to say about such a thing. And so verse 19 that we read today, do not lay up for yourselves. And so the word lay up, it just means to store up. Do not store up. Do not accumulate for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And so what this is talking about is the accumulation of things, right? And so when we think about our life, Right? And, and this goes to experiences, but it also goes to things like money, right? I mean, that's the, the, the very obvious correlation here, right? But also to think about time. All of the time that you are spending, I know what we said at the beginning of this message, it feels like you're wasting it. But what if you could think of your time not as wasting it, but as a deposit, right? You are storing up something. That's part of the reason why it feels so bad when you have an experience like YouTube or something, and you literally can't get that time back. But maybe you like to spend your time on things like, I don't know, maybe you have like a home business, you know, and you're on Etsy, and you're making little sweaters for corgis or something. I don't know. You know, and you're actually making some money, you know, and there's actually something to show for this. And maybe this is the way that most of us think of our lives. You know, maybe like your parents are like, hey, stop wasting your time. Right? Do something that you're going to have a return for it. Right? And so many of us, that's the way that we are taught to spend our lives. So go and get a good job, right? And make lots of money. But Jesus has a very good question. He says, For what? What are you doing all of this for? Right? And there's a fundamental question Why? Why are you doing this? What are you spending your life on? And for most of us, you know, it's not maybe like a super good answer, or I I should say it's not a super articulated answer. But for us, we simply chase these things because we think they are treasure, right? So, So Jesus even says it himself, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, right? So sometimes you'll buy something and you'll be like, oh man, this is the best phone. This is the best laptop. This is the best sweater I've ever gotten, and it feels like a treasure. And you're like, oh, man, I wanted this so bad. Look at that fabric. Or, you know, I got the Supreme thing, and it's got that logo, and everyone's just so jelly of me because I got the latest thing. And it's just so cool. I can sell this online for $1,000 if I wanted to, but no, I'm going to keep it because it's my treasure, you know? And so there's some things you get, and you're like, this is better. 
This is not a waste of money. Or you could get something you know, cheap on Amazon and it's just cheap plastic and whatever, it breaks right away, and you're like, that was not worth it, right? So all of us, we are looking to find things that are like treasure, that are valuable, that are worthwhile, that are going to last, right? But Jesus says something that is both profound but also maybe obvious to us. He says, do not lay up for yourself, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth because they don't last. Moth and rust destroy them, and thieves break in and steal. Nowadays, there is this concept of, like, the cloud. You guys know the cloud, right? There's this, like, to be honest, I'm going to just, like, talk about the cloud. I'm going to go like this because I don't know what it is. I, like, literally, I'm a pastor. I don't understand it. It just seems like magic. You, you send pictures, you send documents, you send videos, and it's just it's in the cloud, right? I, I, someone, you know, give me a, a little computer science lesson after the service. But it's like stored somewhere, right? And the whole thing with the cloud is it's supposed to last. And there's this kind of debate uh, because I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little into video games. And there's this debate about physical media, like discs and cartridges, versus cloud-based stuff, right? It's just everything's just digital now. Right? And so, you know, obviously, if you are selling computer games, right, it costs money for you to make a physical disc, and so they would much rather sell you nothing, right? <laughs> just a digital product, you know? And so the way they try to convince you, they're like, yo, yo, that thing, that physical thing can break, but if you buy our game, it always exists. But for a lot of gamers, people don't trust that. They're like, no, 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 no. I want a physical thing. And I've literally heard people say this. They're like, I want a physical game because it lasts forever. Does it last forever? Does it really last forever? So there's this something that, I, okay, I, I, I've, seriously, I've watched too many YouTube videos, but I watched this one YouTube video. It made me really depressed. And so sorry, if you guys are into video game collecting, anyone into video game collecting? Okay, cool. You guys will be fine. But I was like, tiny bit depressed. There's something called disc rot. Do you guys know what disc rot is? Anything on a disc over time, it will actually decay. And so if you have a game from like, let's say the PS1 era, so we're talking like a good 25 years ago, those discs, some of them, if you kept them in kind of like a slightly uh, warm or moist place, they're starting to decay and break down. And, and so it's one of these things where people say, I'll have this forever, and you really won't. Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. Something is eating away at all of these things. They do not last. Right? And what about, but you're like, okay, Pastor Steve, you're talking about video games, whatever. I don't care about video games, but for me... I have this thing, it is concrete, it is real, right? But Jesus tells us that thing will not last. I mean, seriously, think about any treasure that you have received. And you get it, it's great, and you enjoy it. Are you still enjoying it? Maybe. Or maybe you just like to have it on your shelf, and every once in a while you'll look at it, and you're like, oh, I remember Ah, that does give me a good feeling. And then you forget it again. And then you'll come back to it. You know, I'm not telling you to never collect anything, friends. But what I'm telling you is don't kid yourself. Those things do not last. Anything, anything 
I mean, there's so many things we're told us. You collect enough treasure, and then your life will somehow feel fulfilled. It's not true. Right, guys, I'm 44 years old, and a lot of my friends are around that age, right? Upper 40s, lower 40s, somewhere in that range. Right? And I have so many friends. I mean, yeah, I have pastor friends, but I also have friends who are doctors and business people and lawyers and dentists. And I got to tell you, I have frequent conversations with people, like, like actual conversations where somebody will tell me they're just very successful. Man, they played the game so well. They did the things their parents told them to, right? They went to the good schools, and they went to you know, law school and all these different things, and they got the job, they got the promotion. You know, they went into business for themselves. They, they, they got the, 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 the spouse and the, the kids and the house and the cars. And they're like, Steve, I have everything I ever wanted. Everything I ever dreamed of. And I'm not satisfied. Friends, I I know, I know. It's something you hear a lot, but we don't believe it. We don't believe it for a second. So we keep chasing it, right? Now, this passage, by the way, is uh, followed very, uh, by the passage where it tells us not to be anxious, not to worry. And the whole kind of culmination of that passage tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And if you do that, everything else will be provided for you, will be given to you, right? And a lot of that passage is Jesus trying to assure the people that he's preaching to. He's like, I get it. You need clothes. You need money, right? You need food. You need shelter. You need all these things. And the Father knows you need them. Right? And you've got to trust that if you live your life for God, that God will provide for you. He's not going to let you starve. Right? But it is about priority. It is about treasure. It is about what are you pursuing most. Right? And so then, then he says, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moss nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So friends, what is he talking about? This is the way that many of us hear this passage. We hear, okay, don't live your life for here right now. Live your life for the afterlife. And I actually don't think that's exactly what Jesus is saying, right? But what he is talking about is permanence, right? Because he just told you, the problem with all of the other treasures is they don't last, They all decay, right? But put your treasures in the cloud. (laughs) In the cloud, right? I I, I just told you, you're like, Pastor Steve really doesn't understand the cloud. But friends, okay, so let's just go back to the cloud thing for a second. In theory, right, the video game people who are like, it's better for you to have a digital game that's like always going to be there. You can download anytime. It's never going to go away. In some ways, they're correct. That actually makes way more sense. The problem is, is that most people don't trust these video game developers because at some point, right, it costs money for them to maintain whatever infrastructure of this cloud that I don't understand, right? They don't want you to download the game later, right? And so... The, the problem is, is not that we don't trust that that thing exists out there and will come back. We don't trust that that will be available to us because of the greed 
of the people making these games, right? But what if you did trust the person where this thing goes, right? You buy this thing, you invest in this product, whatever, and it's just held somewhere else. Where? It's in the cloud, right? But it is held. And so what Jesus is talking about is a deposit. You are depositing things into where? The kingdom of the heavens, the domain of God. And the idea is that now that is entrusted in being held by God. And because of that, it can never rot and it can never rust and it can never go away. It is eternal. Does that make sense, friends? So when you invest in the kingdom of God, you are investing in something that is permanent. It may not always be tangible to you in the same way that money is, in the same way that this chair is, right? But these things that are tangible are not permanent. Does that make sense? Yeah? So really, Jesus is not telling you to do something that makes no sense. He's telling you to do something that makes the most sense. Because for many of us, we're like, yeah, but Pastor Steve, if I just like pray, I spend my time like at church, right? I could be out there making money. And and what God is saying is, yeah, you can make that money, but that money is going to go away. But your spiritual treasure will never go away. It is held in trust by a heavenly father who loves you. And by the way, when you deposit these things, God is going to be the one who holds those things and is able to use them in your life. Now, friends, uh, I, I want to uh, just kind of skip ahead, actually, to another passage to just show you that, whoa, excuse me, <laughs> to show you uh, another way of approaching the story. So by the way, if you guys know the Sermon on the Mount and a lot of the teachings of Jesus, what we believe is Jesus probably preached these messages multiple times. And so sometimes in the other Gospels, what you may be getting is a different version of the same sermon. And so you actually see that in the book of Luke. So we're going to look at Luke 12, and this is actually the passage that sets up the very same one where Jesus is talking about, do not be anxious about your life, what you eat and what you drink, right? That, that you know, even uh, the, the birds and the, the flowers of the field are provided for, right? It's the same teaching. But Jesus sets it up in a different way. And the way he sets it up is, um, it's actually in this uh, teaching where um, a brother comes to him. Uh, these, these, this, this one person uh, comes to Jesus and says, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And, and so, friends, th- this is a situation that, like, you know, uh, these two brothers and they're supposed to have an inheritance. And in the Jewish law or in the Jewish tradition, you would give your brother a share of the inheritance. You wouldn't just keep it for yourself, but this one brother is not doing that. And so he's fully expecting Jesus to come in and be like, yeah, let me, let me teach you guys about justice and fairness, right? I mean, you got to think that the brother, the, the, the one guy who's talking to Jesus is like, yeah, you know, my brother is about to be set straight. But look at Jesus' answer, guys. Jesus does not get in, because I'm actually kind of curious how Jesus would answer. And Jesus does not answer the question. <laughs> guys, this is something where um, I know like, you can't 
see tone or hear tone in the Bible, but just imagine what Jesus' tone is, okay? Let's, but he said to him, man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? Okay, I know Jesus is the son of God. He's like, like perfect, right? But doesn't Jesus kind of sound annoyed, right? What is Jesus saying? Friends, let me paraphrase for you. I think what Jesus is saying is this is a waste of time. This is a waste of time. What are you even focused on right now? Who cares? And maybe for some of you, like if you were in that situation, maybe you got siblings, you're like, oh, but Pastor Steve, I would care. Why doesn't Jesus care? Right? You got to understand what he's saying. What really matters? Does money matter? Do things matter? Do possessions matter? Not to Jesus. Listen to what he says. And he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. That's not your life. We have been talking about life, period. And Jesus is making it very clear. That's not your life. That's just stuff. That's just a paper. That's just gold. And it all rots. That's not your life. What are you doing? Your life consists of more. You're going to break your relationship with your brother and you're going to hate him forever over this? That's nothing? And in Jesus' view, who can, he can see eternal things. He's like, this is insanity. It makes no sense. It's a waste of time and energy. Right? And then he goes on and he, he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. And friends, if we just stop there, seriously, I think the average American would say, what's wrong with that? That's the American dream. That's what I'm trying to do here, right? I'm trying to hit it big in the stock market, right? So I can just build up this huge fund of money, and then I can just eat, drink, and be merry. I can go travel the world, right? And some of you are like, yeah, yeah, that, that's my dream, right? But yo, look at what Jesus says. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up, stores up, deposits treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Whose will they be? All these things that you prepared, where are they going to go? They don't last, friends. Right? And so here we are being told, right, that, uh, you know, to just go back uh, for a second to what Jesus says uh, right after this whole, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. 
that we need to understand what treasure is. Jesus is trying to tell us we can't see it. We don't understand it. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we are depositing our lives. Um, it's all about money. It's all about these kinds of things. It's all about pleasure. And that's where our heart is. That's what we want most. We don't understand heavenly treasure. But these are the things that truly last. Friends, how do we live a life uh, where we are depositing things that are worthy? Um, so, friends, i got to tell you, I already told you, this is a dumb message, right? And, and in some ways, you should be comforted by the fact that this should not be a surprise to you, right, what I'm about to say. Because Jesus has said it before. He's made himself very clear. This is not supposed to be a mystery, Right? For many of us, the difficulty is actually believing it. It's not in trying to figure out what it is. Jesus has told us so many times, what are the two most important commandments? What should you be spending your life on? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. I'm going to get in trouble by my wife for jumping up and down just now, but I can't help it, guys. You got to hear this. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing what Jesus says? This is what we are supposed to do. Build your relationship with God. Right? Build your relationship with God. Learn how to love God with all that you are, that God becomes your treasure. Be rich towards God, as Jesus says in the passage in Luke. Right? And everything that you are doing in your spiritual life, this is the cool thing about it. Friends, I want to shift your way of thinking that what you are doing, it is not wasted. It is a deposit. Have you ever read a scripture passage and just been like, I don't understand this. This is a waste of time. Or maybe you prayed, and you're like, I just feel like I'm talking to a brick wall. Nobody heard me. It didn't do anything. This is Jesus telling us, none of that is wasted. It's in the cloud. <laughs> God is storing all of that up, and he is using it for his kingdom. You may not understand it now. I mean, I don't know if you're going to... It's not about the understanding, but God is able to use those things. Every time you, you read the word of God, every time you come before God in submission, every time you, you pray, it is building something. I was talking to the praise team beforehand, and Hadam was saying that he was uh, reading a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. It is a fantastic book about habits. But one of the things that they talk about is this incremental change. The way that you really build your life is through incremental change, right? And so for many of us, we stop our habits because we don't see any change. But the people who really prosper in their habits are those that know that every day you put in that work and it's not going away. It's going to something greater, um, there's this movie that I love uh, called Groundhog Day. It's one of my favorite movies. It's about this guy uh, who's played by Bill Murray, and he has to relive the same day over and over in this tiny town in Pennsylvania, and he hates it at first. But after a certain amount of time, he's like, well, I'm like sitting here, and I have all the time in the world. And so what he starts doing is he starts developing skills. And so some of the skills are completely useless. Like one is like he gets really good at throwing cards. So he can like throw a card in a hat that's like, clear across the room. He gets really good at ice sculpture, you know? He gets really good at the piano, and he becomes this expert, like, master jazz piano player. But it's so funny, because he goes to the same piano teacher every day, 
And the teacher's like, this is your first day, right? Like when it's like day like 5,000, you know, because he got really good. But the thing is, the first day you see that guy just clunking away on those, those, and friends, if you just saw that, you'd be like, what's the point? That's meaningless. But if you understood that was a deposit, and so, you know, the question is, is the thing that is going to come at the end worth your time? Being a concert pianist, maybe some of you are like, yeah, I would love to be an expert pianist. Maybe that's worthwhile, maybe it isn't. But the point is that when you have these incremental things that you're depositing in, right, there will be a change that comes, right? You see that in the natural world, and it is absolutely true in the spiritual world, Right? God is hearing your prayers. They are not wasted. Your efforts to be with God are not wasted, right? But friends, one of the reasons why you don't see results right right away is because you ain't God. God is not a genie in a bottle who's just going to come and do what you want. That's not how this works. So much of what we are learning in our spiritual disciplines is humility. We are learning to come before God and to just say, God, I'm just your servant. Even if, if, if I don't get some amazing revelation, I'm just coming here to show up. And friends, that is a deposit. It's a deposit in the kingdom. It's a deposit into godliness. And one of the results that happens is that we start to slowly, ever so slowly, at the pace of the kingdom, not our pace, but you start to become more like Jesus. Your heart reflects the kingdom heart. You get a little less anxious, a little less worried about everything that's going on out there. You start to trust a little bit more that God is completely in control. And when you can believe that fully, there's no greater treasure. Everyone around, uh, I'm going to use Jesus' words, not mine. Everyone around They are living foolishly. They are trying to get security where security cannot come in things that cannot last, right? But Jesus is saying, you're already provided for. What you need to know, you need to trust that and believe that. And you need to have that within you, the kingdom of God within you, this knowledge that God is in control of everything. And now you can live your life in perfect freedom from any anxiety or fear. You can live your life to love. That's the second part, is to love your neighbors. I know that seems so simplistic, but to love the people that you are with, to love your church. Friends, how many times do we come to church and we are thinking, what am I getting out of this, right? If you got a really good message or maybe a really good donut, you're like, worth it, you know? But if maybe, I don't know, there's some people that you didn't really know, And you're like, oh, man, my friends didn't come today, you know? And you're like, this is kind of a waste of time. It's not a waste of time if you understand it as a deposit. What if you went up to somebody and there's there's somebody you met for the first time and you encouraged them and you blessed them? Maybe you're like, man, I'm so glad you're here. I don't know what that does, right? Maybe, Maybe it does nothing, at least in the moment. But you better believe that is a deposit in the kingdom, right? Maybe just a small, tiny effort to love someone or to create a welcoming environment. You have no idea what that's doing, right? 
But so many of us, we are looking through things, what can I benefit? What do I feel like doing? And we need to shift from what I feel like doing to what is a worthy deposit. How do I live my life in the way that the kingdom of God is calling me to? And so there might be times where you're like, I don't feel like doing it. But I'm going to go up to this person and be like, hey, how are you doing? Look them in the eye. And maybe in your heart, you can pray for them. Or if you are so bold, I mean, if there's ever a place to do it, guys, do it at church. Someone's sharing with you something that's really hard. And their heart is broken. And you just took a moment to be like, brother, sister, can can I just pray for you real quick? It's a deposit. It's a deposit. And in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is made of people, right? And this is the most beautiful thing. is when you deposit these things in people, they're going to deposit it in other people. And then they're going to deposit it in other people. And then they're going to deposit it in other people. And this thing gets really huge. This is how the kingdom of God gets built. This is why we come to church. It is not just about you as an individual. It is about the kingdom. And the kingdom is about loving. Right? Friends, um, just want to close with this. So, you know, there's this question that I think we need to ask. How are we spending this one and only life? What are we depositing? And friends, I just want to just take a really, really quick second to just, you know, I think it's really easy to hear a message like this and start to feel a little guilty. You know, um, the, the funny thing is that this world is not leading us towards the kingdom naturally. It's like a stream that is leading you towards all the things this world values, materialism, consumerism, consumption, right? Entertainment and distraction, right? And this is the stream that we are all following when we are unconscious. But Jesus is telling us, fix your eyes. Fix your eyes. What are you looking at? Because I think a lot of us, we're just stumbling around, right? We're just like, like half awake and half aware. And before you know it, you're just on your phone and just another day goes by where you you don't even know what you did. And so what we need to do is we need to fix our eyes. What is the treasure? You're not going to be perfect at this. But could you every day, every day, I, I mean it, every day, maybe set an alarm in your clock to think, can I deposit something today into the kingdom of God? It could be a prayer. It could be just one minute you spend reading a scripture Start with Psalm 23. If you've never started anywhere, I just want to give you a practical place to start because that's the kingdom heart. Just read it. You don't need to do anything great with it. Just read it. It's a deposit. It'll grow. It'll get bigger. If you don't know how to grow the church or how to encourage other people, just one person, just think of one person and pray for them. Start with something, right? Praise team, can you come up? And and I always give us a time to just kind of reflect on this. And friends, um, you're not going to be perfect at it, right? I'm telling you, I'm not perfect at it. But when I see the kingdom of God just developing more in my life, you know, I've already said this before, one of the keys, one of the, the signs of the kingdom of God is no anxiety, no fear. And, um, you know, as I'm experiencing life and, you know, there's moments I go through that are kind of tough, you know, and there's so much uncertainty. 
And I'm like, oh man, you know, what's going to happen? And, you know, when you have the kingdom perspective, you're like, well, God is with me. It's going to be okay. It is, I, I, I can't describe it to you, friends. You can't put a price tag on that. There's nothing greater than knowing there is a God that loves you and is with you and has great purposes in your life. And on the other hand, there's nothing greater than investing in the lives of other people and seeing that investment start to pay off. There are kids, they were kids when I met them. And, and, you know, God called me to disciple some of these people and to see them continuing to serve the Lord today in their jobs or some as pastors or missionaries. Oh my gosh, it is so awesome. I'm like, God, you are so great. There's nothing more worthwhile than living for the kingdom. Yeah, guys, money, all that other stuff, you know, God will take care of that. Don't worry. He loves you. He'll take care of you. But first things first, what is our priority? Are we living for the kingdom? Friends, um, I want to also ask you, you know, uh, you can close your eyes if you want to do this. You can keep them open however you want to receive this. But maybe there's some of you that you are not right now a Christ follower. The things that I've been telling you maybe sound a little bit strange because you haven't thought to give your life to God and to say, God, I want to follow you for all of my days. I want to follow you and I want to know that your grip on my life is so great that not even death can overcome it that I will live forever with you, but that life forever starts now. And I want to dedicate myself to you. I want to declare, God, I want to follow you. If that is you, I want to encourage you to pray right now. I want to pray with you, and and I want this prayer to be your prayer. But you can use your own words as you hear this. God, I want to follow you with my whole life. Lord, I want to be a follower of Christ for the rest of my life. I want to learn how to trust in you and trust that your son died in my place, died on the cross to give me life eternal, everlasting, the most fulfilled life. But God, that means that I need to surrender my will. I need to surrender my ways. And I need to live for new kingdom and new treasure. And God, help me to do that with the community of Christ that you have given me. To do that step by step, little by little, starting now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.